The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live basketball show. It's the first one. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com. With me is Jay Phillips, contributor for AuburnLive.com as well. Jay, what's up, man? Not too much. Ready for some uh, little road trip before conference play with Auburn basketball. Yeah, um, appreciate everybody joining us. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do one of these a week, um, starting uh, starting now um, as Auburn gets rolling into the uh, the conference schedule. Um, and so be on the lookout for that. We'll probably do it. We're still kind of kicking around days and dates, but we'll probably look to publish it um, on like Thursdays. And so we'll kind of we'll kind of recap the, the previous weekend and weekday game and then look ahead to the next two games as well. So it'll probably be a Thursday type deal, um, but we'll let you know if we if we change it up. But um, wanted to kind of get that rolling and replace the modcast. Anybody who's an Auburn Live subscriber. You know, we generally do a show on Thursdays, but football's done and basketball's going. So we're going to talk some basketball. Jay, of course, if you're an AuburnLive.com subscriber, um, Jay is a contributor to us and, and does breakdowns after every game. Really good analysis. Just kind of dives a little bit deeper into what happened. Um, gives you a little bit more context. And so um, that's awesome stuff. And make sure and follow him on Twitter. Um, it's at A-U-B-A-W-N. Correct, Jay? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll start tagging that so people can start following you and stuff. Um, well, let's just jump right into this thing, man. I guess since the first show of the season, we'll, we can talk, we can kind of recap the the nine games they've played. Well, are they nine or ten? Ten games they've played, um, uh, including last night's game against Georgia State. But we can kind of catch up on these ten games and then moving forward, we'll have, you know, we can kind of recap the games as they go. Um, Let's just talk big picture, Jay, a little bit. Uh, this team's nine and one. Um, you know they're ranked in the top twenty for now. Um, let's see, they draw. Well, they're twenty-first in Ken Palm. Um, but really, honestly, with, with this team at the moment, none of that really matters. Basketball rankings in December are, are dumb anyway. They don't matter. Um, um, that that'll change. But Auburn's 10 games in, you look at them, they're 9-1, and one, um, but the last few games have certainly given pause to maybe what this team can accomplish. And really going back to the beginning of the season, offensively, they've, they've, they've struggled all year. Um, defensively, they've been pretty good. What are kind of your overall thoughts, your general thoughts on this team 10 games in on what you see, you know, good and bad and just kind of how this team's shaping up? they got three games left. No. Two games left before uh, before conference play, but what are your what's what's your general overview of this team ten games into the season? You think? You know, I feel like they're still really not playing up to their potential, and I feel like that's probably 
everybody would agree with that from the team to the fans. There's so much talent on the roster. You got returning guards, uh, these borderline five-star freshmen and, you know, Janai Broom coming in from the transfer portal. So there's a lot of work to do for the team. And it kind of has felt like the whole season that the defense is going to be able to lift them up until the offense can find some sort of rhythm. But against Memphis and a little bit against Georgia state too, that kind of was an iffy, uh, method to win those games and, you know, to lose the Memphis game. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done with them, but man, if they can figure it out, I like the pieces on this team, you know, the experienced guards, really talented front court, deep roster. They got the defense to do it. Lots of problems though for now. Yeah, there are some issues that are glaring um, and some of them carry over from last year. I mean, shooting the three, um, is an issue I noted, um, or actually Ellie, who's our intern, um, and she kind of covered the game last night. Um, but you look at Auburn's last um, five games, four of them they've shot 25% or less in, in, uh, from three. So four of the last five, um, they're shooting under, and really they've had some, some, some pretty bad. I mean, three of 12 against Georgia State, six of 24 against Memphis, three of 16 against St. Louis, um, and then five for 21 against Northwestern. Um, and, and, and really, I mean, you could, Texas Southern, they were seven of 27, so basically 25%. South Florida, they were five of 25. Georgia Mason, they were four of 25. So um, three-point shooting is a massive problem. Um, for, for, for this team. That's the most glaring thing. And then, of course, that affects their overall shooting percentage. But that is is just a, a huge weakness with this team. And I don't know if it's going to get better. I mean, they are who they are. Um, I don't I mean, I guess it could get a little bit better if they just they just I mean, they could start knocking down some shots, but it's it doesn't it should be better than 25 yeah. percent, but it's not going to be 37 percent. It's going to be probably 32, 33 percent would be nice for this team. Um, you know, so you, you see some of the same issues you saw last year when teams started um, trapping Wendell and doing some of that. There's times where he struggles to get things rolling. Um, you know, defensively, they're really good. They had a lapse against Memphis, but you see Memphis is a pretty good team um, against Alabama, um, and they did some good things against Auburn. Um, so defensively, I still feel like Auburn's good. What they're going to have to, what's I think one of the biggest things with this team is when they're when they're focused and energetic on defense, they're good. If they start if they start losing their focus on the offensive end, or if they get down in a game, what what it looked like to me in the Memphis game, for instance, was a a, a pressing. They started to press a little bit, and that almost caused them to lose focus on the on the on the defensive end because they just felt like they needed to go score to try to come back when the reality is this team they need to that need they need to be playing defense that hard their defense is their offense and they can never lose sight of that or lose focus of that so that's one one thing I see with this team the other big one I see right now is um is with Janai Broom you know he's a guy that was super talented and super productive at Moorhead State and then, um, and then he got hurt right around the beginning of the year. Um, he, he got he got injured that lower lower body injury, and he he has struggled to get back to 100%. His lift is not there. 
Uh, he had a good game against Georgia State. Um, I think he was maybe six of eight from the field, something like that. He he has got to get back to 100% and got to be the player he was at Moorhead State because if he is, he's probably Auburn's most productive and reliable offensive weapon. Um, but he hasn't been that for a lot of the year, and I think that's hurt him too. You know, Wendell and KD and those guards, they're going to kind of be what they are, but Janai can, can provide some consistency. So, similar to how Jalen can. J- sometimes Jalen Williams disappears, but the way the season's going, they may need to target him more um, and, and make him more a more focal point. But Janai is a guy that I look at that's got to be – he's got to be better, and part of that's his health. I mean, he, he just um, – I mean, some of the games where he's just been inefficient um, down on the on the low block, and he needs to be a guy that when things are struggling on the outside, guards are struggling to get shots, whatever, they can get it to him and work through him. So those are kind of two glaring things to me is, is staying focused on defense and then Janai trying to get him healthy. Um, but there is no question this team's got um, – They've got some. They've got some issues, and I don't know how much of it is personnel. I don't know how much of it is mental, attitude, um, just just you know staying focused. Um, they've got the depth. They've got the depth. They've got to figure out how to how to keep that going. And everybody, I mean, because the problem is if they start playing poorly, like that Memphis game, or if they get behind, well, that depth is going to shrink. They're not going to play ten guys if they're down ten. They're going to they're going to play their best guys. So. They've got to figure out a way to to stay in these games throughout, use that depth. And look, Pearl might have to just stick with that depth no matter what. You know, if it if it gets in a game like last night against Georgia State, right? Trey Donaldson played how many minutes did he play last night? Let's see, he played where's he at? Eight? It says he played eight minutes, but that's I mean, he hadn't played lately, he hadn't played barely any. Yeah. Um, and so you saw chances minutes go down, trays go up. So it may be a thing where Bruce is just going to have to really trust that the depth will play its part. Because as soon as as soon as he pulls away from that, if he pulls away from that and tries to just play the best players, um, I think Auburn will struggle more potentially. And I know so, and it's sort of a counter. A lot of people think they should limit. I saw a lot of comments on our on our board, Jay, and I don't know how you feel about this about playing less players. And I'm not sure, man. I, I think the depth in getting everybody to play at 100% when they're in there, get after it, then you're out, somebody else is in. I think that that was, that was their MO. And I think if they play less guys um, and put more minutes on the best players, I think that'll hurt them. That'll, I mean, that's going to happen a little bit in conference play. You're going to trust more players than others. But I, the best they can, to me, they need to try to play, stick to that 10-man rotation the best they the best they can because I think it's a weapon. Yeah, I agree. I think I wish they would solidify the rotations in that, you know, 10 man rotation or the lineups in that rotation a little yeah, bit more. Right. And, you know, just like Wendell Green and, you know, whoever, Janai Brome and, you know, Zeb Jasper, whoever, the, whoever's playing well out there, I wish they'd give them a little more run here and there. Just stick with those hot hands, stick with your core for a game. Even uh, last night, and it ended up working, but. Wendell Green kind of sparked that initial run against Georgia State, and then, you know, he had those two really tough takes, and they subbed Trey Donaldson in for him. A lot of times I feel like that kind of move throws off the momentum, and last night Trey Donaldson just picked it up and ran with it, and Wendell Green came back in and picked it up and ran with it again. So maybe you're right. Maybe they can stick with that depth. But there's been other times where I just feel like the offense is out of rhythm and that the rotations and, you know, subbing guys in one thing that I've said a lot is you've got Alan Flanagan, Katie Johnson, and 
some of these other guys starting on the bench. I feel like it's sort of a rush to get them into some games. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like the only reason we're subbing them in is because they're not starting or, you know, something along the lines of that. And there's just a couple things here and there. But overall, I think the, the depth and the rotations are a good thing for this team. Like you're saying, they got to rely on defense and they got to play intense and they, they, they can't take plays off or else it's, it's just going to work against them, you know, twofold because of how important the defense is to this team. So getting that depth, allowing guys to stay fresh, allowing guys to stay aggressive, not having to worry so much about fouls. I think that's really important to this team, too. Yeah, let me correct myself. I was looking at the stats and I didn't realize that I had first half selected. And so that's why I had to look on my face when I was like looking at minutes. I was like, what? Um, Trey Donaldson played 18 minutes against Georgia State. Yeah, I think actually Westry was the only player in single digit or single digit minutes last night. Yeah, what Westry played eight, Leor played, Leor Berman played five. Okay, that's um, right. Yeah, and so Trey playing eighteen. I mean, that's by far in terms of as now that the season's gotten going, especially since Westry has come back, that's the most run Trey's gotten, and um, he played fine. He had three fouls, but he had three steals. He had three assists. He had a couple rebounds, um, and he. Yeah. Had- all those points in like the last 13 minutes of the game, basically all his stats. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of buckets to get six points. Um, but yeah, you look at, um, yeah, you look at the last 12 minutes of the game for Trey Donaldson. It was a 44 to 41 game. Auburn was up three. He came in, well, he came in with 13 minutes and then Auburn was up four. And then during his time in those last, Gosh, he played. He came in with 13 minutes, and he didn't go out until. See, he went out at 9:40, and then basically 9:14, and he came back in at seven. So he basically the last 13 minutes, outside of two minutes, played all of it, and he had uh, assist, a rebound, a, a made layup, a made three, committed a foul, committed a turnover committed a foul, but then in the last two minutes, he had steal, steal, assist. Um, so, I mean, he came in and was productive, and that's that was that's that's a pretty intriguing thing to see, and let's see if that develops, because honestly, of those freshmen coming in, Trey was, um, and, and if you count, I guess if you count Janai in terms of newcomers coming in, Trey was easily the most, the, the least talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, Chance is super talented, Yuan Treyor and Janai all, all for good reason. Trey was the physical guard who played football, played basketball, seemed to seemed to be the most raw, probably, you know, we'll see kind of how his minutes go. And that's kind of how it was uh, until the last, I guess, uh, until really until that Georgia State game. And I remember even talking to some people in the program. That's sort of how he was viewed. I mean, he was his minutes were probably going to go down as other guys got healthy and he was going to kind of be that third point guard emergency kind of guy. Um, but. You see some of the issues that, that Chance had against Memphis. He had a rough game. Um, and, and you give Trey a shot, and he played well. Let's see, let's see where it can go from here. I mean, that's a, that's a development right there. That's, a, that's one where you look at that you weren't necessarily looking at that going into the season as Trey being a kind of guy who's going to play 18 minutes in a game like that in a close game. So I'm curious to see, can Trey go on the road against USC and Washington these next two games? Does he get good, does he get playing time there? Or was this a one-game thing? Does he come back and get very limited minutes? Or can he come back and give you 11 or 12 minutes against USC and play okay? And give 11 minutes, uh, 12 minutes against Washington and play okay? And go into conference play and you're like, okay, we, 
we now have another guard here that, that provides a little bit of stability and toughness. That's the one thing Trey brings. Like, I don't know if it's the football background. He's a dual sport guy. Um, but he's, he's a tough player. He doesn't back down. He does not back down. And, um, and sometimes in a game where you're struggling or you need to come back or you just need to balance things out or right the ship, sometimes a player like that can, can bring you energy. That's what KD does so well when he does it well. Like when, he's, when he does good things, KD's energy and his effort can lift the whole team. Trey's got a little bit of that in his physicality. Um, and, and maybe if he comes in there and can play a little bit until Chance can kind of get his feet his chance was 0 for 3 again. Hey, I don't know what's going on with Wester. He was really good this summer. It was fantastic. He had the injury. And since he's come back, he hasn't really quite – he's not himself yet. He's not himself. He's had a couple games where he's had some good assists, but he's a better shooter than 0 for 3 from 3. I mean, I don't even know if he's hit a 3 this year. He's better than that. I've watched him in practice. He's a better shooter. Yeah, he's 0 for 16 on the year from 3. That's Yeah, that's, that's, that's rust. I mean, yeah, he was a very inconsistent shooter in high school, but not like an 0 for 16 kind of guy. You know, he'd be a 1 for 4 kind of guy some games. but Yeah, and it could be a game thing. I mean, I've seen him go back to Israel and practice. He seemed, he seemed like a – I mean, he's, he's got a pretty good shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a – but that, you know, so there's just a lot of things that seems got to work out. Westry's not that bad of a shooter. You know, you have somebody like Wendell who, again – you know, Wendell's your starting point guard, but 11 of his 17 points come from the free throw line. Now, um, you know, he shot 15 free throws. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see how many he shot late. Let's see. Well, now he hit a lot of them in that stretch with 13 minutes left. He hit. It's not like this was a bunch of. He shot. It's not like a bunch of late free throws where he was getting fouled. So I mean, he got to the free throw line 15 times, which is impressive. Um, but he's only three for nine shooting. So that's just kind of Wendell. He's just – I think his size makes it – makes it's going to make it tough for him to shoot a really good percentage, 0 for 2 for yeah, 3. Those takeovers every game and stuff like that, but it can be hard for him to put together those long games, especially against such physical defenses, I feel like. And he's going to do it sometimes, but, you know, he has those complete games. It's just kind of – you look at the box score from Georgia State last night, and it's, it's tough to look at Zepp Jasper 0 for 3. Chance over three, Yuan over two. You know those guys are going to play a lot of minutes, and 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 Yuan, Chance, and Zepp, those are those are good shooters. I mean those are those are scorers. Those are guys who can score the basketball. Zepp, I know, is a defensive guy, but Zepp's got a good shot. And uh, it, you hate to see multiple guys like that over 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 um, in a game. I mean that's 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 not that's not great. It was really Janai and Jalen Williams carrying the carrying the team. Those guys were combined for 33 points, and they were 14 of 19 from the field. <laughs> yeah, those guys were ridiculously efficient yesterday. 15 boards. I mean, those two guys right there were were for for a game. They they were Jabari and Walker. I mean, it was 33 points, uh, 15 rebounds, seven blocks between them. And they're not 15 and seven between those two. Yeah. And they're not Walker and Jabari in terms of, you know, pro prospects or anything like that. But if these two guys can be consistent, especially on the offensive end, you can see how Auburn can kind of replicate their offensive approach from last season with this team. You know, you got Janai Brome as being a scoring center. Walker Kessler was more of a pick and roll guy where he's more of a back to the basket guy, but still you got that. You got Jalen Williams who can stretch the defense from the four. 
who can just absolutely dominate smaller defenders in the post and create some offense. You know, he's efficient in transition like Jabari was. Not the same player at all, but, you know, you got the the pieces to put an offense together. But, you know, when those guys disappear against really good defenses, then you're left with Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, Alan Flanagan trying to win one-on-one battles all game. Yeah, that's a tough place to be. Um, Be interested to see how Broom and uh, Jalen Williams do against USC and Washington, because I do feel like their best games have come against weaker competition, which makes sense. But it's also one of those, you know, Broom coming from Moorhead State, you want to see him pick that, you know, Bruce was saying it not too long ago, how he has to give effort every single play where he didn't have to against Moorhead. And you get that out of Janai Broom, and it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't be successful against just about anyone. You know, he's got such good touch around the rim at times. Such a good shot blocker, really good rebounder. I agree, and and and, and Jalen, you know, part of Jalen Williams that I there's times where I wonder in those bigger games, there's times where I feel like he's not part of the game plan or he gets forgotten. Of course, last year he played less minutes, so like let's see let's see Jalen against USC and get in the conference play, and I th- you know, but Jalen at times can sort of disappear yeah. and. I don't know if that's on him. I don't know if that's just the guards, you know, doing the guard thing sometimes and shooting threes and driving and he gets forgotten about. Um, he's not a particular – Jalen Williams is not a particular um, – particularly forceful right. guy. He's not He's not a big vocal guy. He's a solid player, but he's not out there calling for the ball. He's not going to demand anything. He's not showing emotions. That's not him. And so there's times where I think he can kind of get pushed aside – but you look at some of the – I mean, some of the performance he's had throughout his career, he's had some games that are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you pop up and, and every, about every five or six, maybe seven games, he'll have a game that's 15 and eight. And mm-hmm. um, he's done it in conference play too. And you look at the way this team's built, it just – it's hard to not look last night and say, well, if you get a healthy Janai Broom. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and Jalen Williams is out there. Those two guys need to do – I mean, Jalen shot the ball 11 times. That's what he should be doing. Janai shot the ball eight. That's what they. That's what he should be doing. Those two guys, um, both lefties, great touch around the rim, and they've shown that. They, they, they've got to get those uh, that amount of shots. If Auburn's going to struggle to shoot the three and they're going to struggle to shoot the ball in general, just percentage-wise, Jalen and Janai need to be shooting. They need to be doing that. They need to be combining for 18 shots a game within a few feet of the basket. Um, and, 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 and two of the three makes from three last week, last night, were Jalen Williams, your four-man. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, you know, your, your starting two guard was over three. Um, so, yeah, you look at last night, those two guys, I don't know, those two guys, you're looking at where do you find consistency on offense. I'm looking at those two guys. Everything else to me, whether it's Wendell, um, Chance, Yuan, Flanagan, of course, KD didn't play. Um, everything else is inconsistent. There's games where Wendell and KD can go off. There's games where KD will shoot two for 15. Um, and so if you're trying to find consistency, man, it's hard to not look at Jalen and Janai and say, how do you, how do you replicate some of that? They don't have to shoot necessarily 20 times combined a game. That probably won't happen, but 15 should happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, they got to do something else too, or just, you know, be a little more consistent out there. Um, turn the ball over 11 times. I haven't, I haven't seen a huge issue with that this year so far with the team. I mean, they're turning it over, but I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember looking at a bunch of box box um, box scores and seeing, you know, extremely high turnover numbers. They're not, they're not, lo- they're not get- losing games or not, they're not playing games and turning the ball over 21 times. Right. I haven't necessarily seen a lot of that. Um, and Memphis is the only game they bounced. Memphis is the only game where they haven't really, you know, those blocks went down. They came back against Georgia state, had 11 more blocks and nine steals. So, so far, Memphis is the only game where that didn't just transpire. Um, let's see how that goes into SEC play, because you look at statistically, Auburn still, I think, leads the nation in blocks per game at basically eight. Uh, I mean, their their absolute best stats are blocks per game, block percentage, um, the ratio of blocks to personal fouls. Um, they basically block half a shot for every um, – personal foul and then blocks and steals 30, 32% of the time they're recording a block or a steal on defense. All those are within the top 99% in college basketball. Um, and so that, that rim protection they did again last night with 11 blocks against Georgia state um, that Memphis game just worries you where you basically, you had nothing. I mean, you had, I think they had two blocks and they were at the very end of the game. So maybe that was just a phenomenal game plan by Memphis to pull the bigs out or or not maybe we'll find out more against USC and in Washington um what I'm do you think do what now I was just gonna say I'm interested to see how they do because Memphis had some pretty good stretch bigs but mm-hmm. Auburn also was just stubbornly guarding full court for whatever reason in the breakdown I showed a play where Memphis had a player a center who's never made a three in his college career a four-year player and Janai Brome was guarding manning up against him at half court and it's just Memphis, of course, got a layup from Kendrick Davis or someone out of the play that Janai Brown wasn't anywhere close to the basket on. And so I think that some of both went into that. I think you got to adjust that, you know, that uh, style, that approach a little bit. But it's going to be interesting to see. Can they, you know, Walker Kessler and his ability to recover on defense was so special last year that you could do whatever you wanted with your defense and he was going to find a way to go meet someone at the rim these shot blockers are great, but they're not seven, one Walker Kessler. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit different, a little bit different story. Um, yeah. They just had some, some of those breakdowns um, and offensively in the first half, you know, I wonder the Georgia state game, I, I we'll wait and see. I kind of chalked that first half up to a little bit probably of hangover from Memphis um it was a it was a Wednesday night um 
students are are gone. Yeah. Um. You know. So 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 you, the crowd was less. So probably chalked that first half up probably to a little bit of malaise from from the game against Memphis. Um. They turned it on the second half and scored what 44 points in the second half. Auburn did. Um. Yeah, 44 points, 16 points better than they did in the first half, and and really pulled away um, in that game. Let's see, they shot 32 percent in the first half, 67 percent in the second half. So um, they did get some good things going, which is how they should have played. Georgia State's not. I mean, Georgia State's now five and five. Uh, they've got they've got some close losses, but Georgia State's in the 200s in Ken Palm. They're they're not. They're not good offensively. They're they're probably even worse. I think I looked up the other day. Like offensively, Georgia State's been like in the three hundreds. I mean, they're they're not good. So the worst three point three point shooting team in the country. The worst. The I mean, worst game they were. Yeah. Well, they went one for nine against Auburn. So that that adds up. Um. So I think I think that's a chalk it up to just a, a lack of focus game, a sort of a little bit of a letdown from Memphis and and trying to figure things out. Uh, I think these next two games are going to be real interesting. USC and in Washington. Um, you look at, I don't know where they are in Kempom. I like to look at Torvik. I think Torvik analytics, analytics does a good job too, which is another one that's 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 um, a lot of people use. And they're basically quad two games. USC's 65th. Um, Washington's 112, and those are similar. It, those are similar rankings to Kimpom, but I mean, basically, you're playing teams the equivalent of St. Louis. Um, you know, who, who's a good team? Who you beat? Um, so they're both quad two games, and they're really probably both 50-50 games. USC is better than Washington, but Auburn's played. Uh, I just had it. Let's see. Um, it'll be the yeah it'll be the first two road games of the year. They played neutral site Memphis, neutral site Northwestern. This is the first true road game of the year. We know on the road at times. Auburn's had a pretty good overall road record over the past few years, but we also know it can get dicey um, on the road, especially those guards. It's a different they on the road. It can be a little scattered and it can be it can be tough sometimes. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do on the road. I think it'll tell us a lot about I think it'll tell us a lot in terms of how deep seated some of the potential issues are. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if they do they really show themselves, are they really glaring? Or can Auburn do some things um in these two true road games to sort of bounce back to show you a little hope. I I, I think it'll be fascinating to see what they do in in these two in these two games. I really do. Yeah, on paper, I feel like Auburn should be a pretty good road team as well. So relying on defense, not relying at all on shooting, and they've taken good care of the ball and got some experienced guards and whatnot. So hopefully that you know allows them to find some momentum and whatnot, build off some of these roster or lineup changes that they had some success with against Memphis or Georgia State, so forth and so on. Of course, Wendell Green and his health, I guess, could be a pretty key factor. Either way. Yeah, turned his ankle late. Um, we'll see how he goes. I mean, they play USC Sunday at 4.30. So, I mean, he's got, you know, three, basically three, day, three days to get it right. And then, of course, they're going to practice today. When we're, we're recording this on Thursday, they'll practice today. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't practice. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, 
Auburn's got to start to figure some things out. I mean, you look at the schedule. I mean, really, you know, you're hitting conference play after USC and Washington, and you look at the SEC. South Carolina is struggling, um, but outside of South Carolina, Georgia's the only other team that's probably in the outside of the top 100 when Maybe. you start adding to these rankings. Um, Everybody else is Vanderbilt. It's going to be right on the maybe right on the mark, but um, everybody else on that schedule is better than everything you've played. I mean, that's the other thing is you look at this Auburn team. They've played an okay non-conference schedule for probably the kind of team they are. Um, it, it's you know maybe been a little beneficial, but it hasn't been strong. St. Louis is a good team. You beat them. Northwestern has shown themselves to be a good team. You, you know that was a rough, that was a rough one, but you won. Uh, and then Memphis and on a neutral court, and you lost. And really, you got dominated in that game. I mean, the score was relatively close, but you know Memphis, you know, killed, dominated points in the paint, dominated the boards. Like Memphis was the better team, period, that night, um, that day. So um, everything else from here on out is essentially better than outside of Memphis is pretty much going to be better than anything you've played. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I feel like, you know, getting the increase in competition, talent, whatnot could be good for this team could force them to, you know, like that Georgia state game, that first half, it just did not feel like they were excited to be playing and you get some better competition. You get a little more aggressive, a little more motivated to win and, Maybe a couple other things will fall in place. Hopefully, hopefully you get some of those uh, guys who've been perceived leaders who can, you know, see the necessity of stepping up for these next couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's going to be, I mean, guys like Wendell, KD, the, the, you know, those are your experienced players, Jalen Williams, that they've got to be. That's That's probably my biggest question mark with this team going in. It wasn't talent. It wasn't talent. It was where is your leadership coming from, um, and where is your consistency on the court when times are tough? Um, where is your consistency? Because Wendell can have his moments, um, good and bad. KD can have his moments, good and bad. Um, it's it's needing those guys to take the next steps and be mature college basketball guards, like mature guards, leaders, tough tough guards. They can't be the erratic ones. Um, and they kind of still are. And so you look at when, when they're on the court, you know, Jalen Williams is a solid guy, but he, he's not vocal. He doesn't say anything. Janai, Janai is an emotional guy, but I think he's still trying to get his health and get, and get back. Zep's kind of that mentality you want. And so I just think they need a couple of guys on that team to take complete control of that team. Jabari was that guy. Yep. You know, you didn't question, you know, Jabari had that fire. Um, that they need, they need one or two of those guys. To, to, to make the right decisions, be the mature ones out there, um, and to lead to lead that team on and off the court to making good decisions, not letting the motions get the best of you. Wendell's, Wendell can, I think, potentially can be that guy, um, especially at the point guard position, but that's what they need. They need a little bit of growth, a little bit of maturity, a little bit of toughness from this team, um, and they'll be in a lot better, a lot better position. Um, but we'll see. I think these next two games are going to do a lot. Regardless, I'll say this um, before we go. I think regardless of how the next two games go, and obviously, you know, if you're Auburn, you want to win them, and there's things you want to see. Um, these two, probably at the at this point of where Auburn is as a team, this is probably going to be good for them. 
Yeah. I think, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it, it could go both ways, but I think ultimately if, if they're going to have a good season, this is going to be good for them. Um, they're struggling a little bit right now. I think they've probably lost a tad bit of confidence the last couple of games, kind of like what, what, are, what's going on? How do we figure things out? Now you're going on the road, true road games back to back across the entire country. Um, and it won't be easy, It'll be challenging. And then you come back and you start conference play. So it's probably good timing for them to go, be thrown into the fire with these two true road games and figure some things out, go through some adversity, be away from Auburn arena. I mean, Neville arena, get get out of it. You know, I mean, then the other neutral site game was Atlanta, you know, they played a couple of games in Cancun, but like get, go in some hostile environments and try to start developing some chemistry and some toughness um, before you start conference play. Cause it gets going with Florida and you get rolling. So I, I do think there's something to gain from having these two games when you're having them. Um, you come back, you have a week off before Florida, and then you basically have another week before Georgia. So they play Florida on that Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then they, their second conference game is the next Wednesday. So go play these two road games, and then you've got essentially two weeks where you play one game. So yeah, it's not I mean, a bad setup. No, yeah, that could definitely work in their favor. And they, they don't need, you know, this team, if they can keep playing defense – not the way they did against Memphis, but the way that we think they can, if they can keep playing that level of defense, just a couple of improvements, just a little bit of maturity out of those guards are going to go so far because when you can, when you have a defense that can hold really good offenses to 60 or 70 points, that makes every basket you get so much more valuable. You know, looking back at those Virginia and Houston teams of the past decade or so that have just been, you know, even the one that Auburn lost to in the final four, it was just, that team, it was like if you could if you could make a three against them, it felt like you went on a 10-0 run. And it's the same thing for Auburn's offense. You know, if they're playing defense at that level, they make a couple of shots. That is an extreme deficit to come back from if the defense is clicking. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. The other thing, you know, and again, as the season goes on, we'll figure it out. But you look at Ken Palm. Um, yeah, Auburn has a top 10 defense in the country, but you look at opponents – the adjusted offensive efficiency for Auburn's opponents to the rank 220. So the, 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 the combination of offensive firepower on the teams Auburn's played hasn't been great. So they've definitely feasted on some teams that aren't uh, that good offensively. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that defense holds up. I think the offense is going to have to improve. Defense is going to fall back a little. They're not, they're probably not going to be a top, five, six, seven defense in the country, but they're going to be good. But you can't be – offensively, you look at some of these stats, um, and it's like – I mean, they're, they're, they're 333rd in three-point shooting uh, on, Torvik, on Torvik's analytics. They're, they're 301st in free-throw percentage. Um, I mean, you can't be doing that. You're not going to win games if, if you're shooting 28% from three and 66% from free-throw line. Um, I mean, my gosh, you know, I mean, it just, there, there's no shot. Your defense, your defense literally would have to be top five for you to win games in the SEC if that's how you're going to shoot the basketball. Yeah. And those things are going to fall off. So um, we'll see, man. What are your thoughts going into USC Washington? How do you, how do you think they fare? Uh, you know, I, I like the matchups on paper again, just because USC is pretty talented, but they're not a great team really. They got a pretty good front court and that'll be a great test for Jani Rome and, Jalen Williams, and if they're the, you know, if they're 90% of the offense again, that could be tougher than expected. But 
Washington as well, you know, they're going to play some interesting defense. They're going to be able to frustrate Auburn a little bit, but it's not a team that I'm that I've circled as being a scary one, but maybe that's just because I'm looking ahead to conference play as well. Both could be losses for sure, but like you were saying, I think these come at a great time for Auburn. Um, I think the worst case scenario here is that Wendell Green can't play in them, and you got to throw Trey Donaldson into the fire a little bit. But if he can learn from it, and you know, either way, you know, you get some good experience for him. You get that point guard position humming a little bit more, and you know, I, I'm excited about it though. I think that they're definitely going to use it to improve, whether they win them or not. It's going to be one of those that your first true road games of the season and completely, you know, all the way across the country, there's no way you can't get exposed a little bit and find some ways to improve. Yeah. Should be a good one. They play USC 430 on Sunday. That game's on ESPN 430 Central. And then they play Washington. It's a night game. And it's Wednesday at like 830 or maybe it's eight. Yeah. And it's on Pac-12 network, I guess. Oh, I think. I don't um, know. I think I saw on Auburn's schedule, it said it was the Pac-12 Networks. So I'm uh, not sure. I was trying to find, uh, I was trying to see what exactly what that might, if it was for sure. Uh, here we go, let's see. Yeah, Pac-12 Networks. So I don't, I don't know what that is exactly. So I guess <laughs> if you have some kind of package with, with YouTube TV, maybe, nope. or I don't know. Yeah. I use YouTube TV anyway. Yeah, I think, I think I have a Pac-12 network maybe, but I just never that watch it. Sounds familiar, but yeah, I mean, I would have never tuned in. Yeah, eight o'clock uh, Wednesday night. Um, but that 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 game Saturday will be a big one. I mean, um, yeah, you know, USC is a good basketball team. ESPN four thirty on a Sunday, so people just hanging out might get some eyeballs. You can um, see them building some momentum with a game like that too. You know, it's not yeah. a top twenty-five team by any means, but USC is legit. They got some. Real, you know, five-star-ish talent on that team. And a win there would probably feel pretty good. I would think so. Um, I was trying to see what USC has done this year. Let's see. Where are they at? They have... Let's see if they've played anybody worth. They lost by seven to Tennessee on a neutral court in overtime. That's impressive. Um yeah. They lost by five to Wisconsin on a neutral court, um, and then now they've they're they're bringing a four game winning streak into the game. Beat California, Oregon State, Cal State Fullerton, and Long Beach State. Um, they beat Alabama State. They beat Vermont. They beat Mount St. Mary's, BYU. <coughs> so they've kind of lost to the three teams they probably should have lost to. Um, and they lost to uh, Florida Gulf Coast, I think, as well. Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast. So. And they play, uh, and they got Auburn. So, um, yeah, they've been really good on defense, too, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, looking at kind of some of their numbers, they've struggled, too. They've had some really bad three-point shooting nights, too. Four for 20, four for 16, two for 10, three for 19, three for 16. Um, so so they've, had, they've had their share of bad three-point shooting nights as well. Um, defensively, they've been – looks like they've been pretty good. Um a lot more green there than than red, but uh, yeah, I think USC game should be a good one. Um, all right, anything else before we get out of here? What did we miss? Anything? Not that I can think of. 
Um, awesome. Well, make sure you go to AuburnLive.com. Jay will have uh, those breakdowns. If you don't, if you're not a subscriber, um, go check it out. We're, we're tons of stuff, man. Basketball, the transfer portal from a football standpoint, football recruiting, coaching staff news, which we broke some stuff this morning there. Um, so ton of stuff. But Jay always has some, some, some good breakdowns on the site. So go check those out um, where he kind of shows you sort of what happened and why it happened a little bit um, more so than uh, – than just the uh, the stats and, and kind of the, the surface level stuff. So make sure and go check that out, auburnlive.com, become a subscriber. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe and click the notifications that helps us. I don't know, I don't work for YouTube, just do it. I said it helps us, so just do it. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll come back, I guess on, we'll come back next, uh, next week. We'll talk about USC and Washington yep. and uh, and then we'll go ahead and preview Florida um, as Auburn gets going for this uh, this season as they try to make the tournament once again. Um, we'll see. Auburn basketball's changed the expectations. No more, you know, it's like if they're not a five seed or better, it's, you know, it's a disappointment. Man, what's well, like, what a time to be alive. Um, all right, for Jay and Justin, uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.